it helps you kind of laser focus down. So if you, you, if you're like me and you have like this gigantic monkey mind thing happening, you've got like your grocery list over here and your task list for your business over here and the blog things back here and the podcast things up here. And, you know, and also I've got to pick up groceries before I go pick up the kids and I've got to do all this other stuff. It can be a whirlwind in your brain. And, um, which creates a lot of anxiety and it can create stress and tension and, uh, it shows up physically in the body too. Welcome to power up your performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Kim Peek. I am a movement and mindset strategist, and my mission is to get people to move more. Of course, if you've listened to a few episodes, you also know that I'm a running coach, and I love working with women who have big goals to achieve, whether that's running their first marathon or training to qualify for the Boston Marathon or simply preparing for a destination race with a group of girlfriends. I want you to get to the start line of your event happy, healthy, and strong so you can soak in all the excitement and enjoy whatever big adventure you are embarking on. Now, when it comes to running through a challenging part of a race course or managing a stressful part of your day at work or dealing with the anxiety of public speaking, mindfulness is an important skill. Mindfulness really just means being aware of the present moment, not thinking about anything that's ahead, anything from the past, but just focusing on exactly what you are doing, thinking and feeling in that exact moment in time. And there's been a lot of research in recent years that shows that mindfulness training is good for anxiety, depression, addiction, and also how you deal with pain. There are also some people who believe that meditation will be the new running, meaning that meditation and mindfulness training will be the next big thing when it comes to wellness. So I was really excited when I met today's guest, Vivian Wolf. Vivian is an online yoga coach who helps women build and maintain a yoga practice that supports them in life and business. Whether you've done yoga for years or you're new to yoga and curious about the benefits, other than maybe what you perceive as twisting your body into awkward poses, I think you are going to love this episode with Vivian. Vivian helps amazing women find more ease in their bodies and calm in their minds so they can focus better on their passion and purpose. And I think we could all use more of that. So let's listen to my conversation with Vivian. Welcome to the show, Vivian. I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really stoked to, to chat about yoga. Yeah. So tell us, how did you get started with yoga? Have you always done yoga or is it a rather new thing for you? Actually, no. Uh, I got into yoga um, just about 10 or 15 years ago. I was in a dance company, actually, and uh, we we had a yoga instructor come in before rehearsals and do some yoga for, or some very, very simple yoga for us to kind of help us connect with our bodies and stuff like that. So that really was my introduction to yoga was just a very simple sun salutation that was created for women it, who we were working professionals who happened to also be in a professional dance company. So um, 
from there, I, I, when I went back to school to get my theater degree, I was taking Hatha yoga, uh, to complement that as well. And so I have a, I have a movement emphasis in my theater degree and I have the equivalent of a, a dance minor with it. So I do a lot of somatic work, which is, uh, feeling the body's movement from within so that, uh, from within to, to, to outside. So in to out, inside to outside. And uh, yoga just falls right into that so easily. And so as I was working as a professional actor, professional dancer, um, I was taking uh, yoga classes and then it just kind of naturally progressed into me teaching yoga classes, which naturally progressed into me doing that full time. For, for me, I just, I got a lot of reward out of seeing the transformation that people have as they practice yoga. And so I just, it just kind of happened more and more and more until this is, until it became what I was doing all the time. (laughs) I always love to ask that question because it seems like most people who end up being instructors or coaches came into it kind of the same way. They, they started doing it. They realized how much better it makes them feel. They maybe saw some other benefits from it. And then just, I know for me with run coaching, that's the way it's been for me. I I learned so much once I started getting coaching certifications that I felt like, why aren't we telling everybody all these things? Why aren't we teaching people how not to get injured? And to me, it's like, we have to share this great best kept secret. So absolutely that way for you. Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly what it was. Um, I'd actually been teaching yoga for a while just because it was, uh, people asked me to before I got my certification. And when I got my certification, it was like this giant, it was like a sunrise. I had this moment where I was like, Whoa, <laughs> there's so much more to this than just stretching your muscles. There, there's so much, it's so, so much deeper. And I knew it would be, that's why I went into certification was to get that kind of underlying, that undercurrent of, of meditation and the the mind-body connection. I just had no idea how deep it went. And so it was it was really an eye-opener. And I there was no way after that that I could just keep that to myself. I had to I had to share it. Yeah. So I often will tell runners to do yoga on their recovery day as just a way to have some active recovery. But there's lots of different kinds of yoga, so maybe that isn't, depending on what kind of yoga you choose, that might not be a recovery day. But give us some information about why should women do, or people, but mostly women, I suppose, since we're talking about women, why should women do yoga? Oh, um, well, to be com- to, to, to put it in one sentence... And then we'll unpack it from there. But for one sentence, if you want to heal your relationship with your body, you should do yoga. Okay. That sounds interesting. Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what yoga does, it really does connect mind and body, but it does so much more than that. It creates awareness and acceptance of who you are, you know, the fact that you have a body that you are not your body. Uh, I know people have said that so many times. You are a soul living inside your body or you're a spirit, your energy inside your body. And the body is just uh, a mechanism to get you through space. <laughs> and so, but it's really hard to detach from the obstacles that come up, the physical limitations that can come up 
with having a body. Like for example, if you are a runner and uh, you experience shin splints or things like that, it can be very distracting from your experience as a runner to have these limitations. And Mm -hmm. so yoga, yoga not only helps you uh, release the tension and release the stress and helps lengthen the muscles. And it does more than just, you know, uh, get blood and oxygen going to all the cells of the body, which are all very important things. Um, it, it helps to, to refresh and recharge. It helps with cellular regeneration. It helps with, you know, heart disease and all those others, all these physical things as well. But it also gives you this connection with the deeper part, the, the, the part of you the reason why you run, the reason why you do any of the things that you do. And it helps you just sit in that with comfort and with acceptance. I like that that a lot. I do. I think it's interesting too, when you think about what you said about the body being the vehicle. So you're who you are and you're the same bright, shining person, but as you age, maybe because that's a concern for people and your body maybe isn't doing what you want it to, you're still the same person. So I think that philosophy helps you, like you said, to still be able to love yourself and accept who you are. Is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it gives you, it gives you the, it gives you the power to recognize something that is either in your control or out of your control. Like, uh, for example, if you have uh, like a herniated disc in your back and you're trying to recover from that, or maybe you are talking to your doctor about surgery or anything like that, um, it can be very challenging to stop doing the thing that herniated your disc in the first place, whatever that is, whether it's um, something that you do at work or whether it's something that you do uh, like in fitness, like working out, powerlifting, that kind of stuff. Or whether it's, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, things that happen in your life, like, you know, just picking up the laundry basket incorrectly or, or something like that. When you practice yoga regularly, you get kind of that meditative mind that gives you a little bit of mindfulness so that whenever you have these limitations, you can in the moment recognize, oh, this is the thing that makes my disc hurt, that that, that damages my disc. I'm going to do it differently this time as opposed to repeating the same patterns over and over again and re-injuring yourself. Yoga kind of give you, gives you that mindfulness to go, oh, this is what it is. This is where I can change. Nice. So speaking of mindfulness, mindfulness has been in the news a lot. I've seen a ton of articles lately all talking about the benefits of mindfulness, meditation. I, I kind of myself put yoga in that category just as far as an activity that can help put you in that type of state so that you are connecting with your breath and connecting your, anyway, you can, you can explain all that because you're better at this. This is your job, but explain to us how yoga helps us with mindfulness. Sure. Sure. Whenever you um, move your body and you connect your breath to that movement, it, it makes it very difficult to think about other things. So, so for example, uh, we, we talk about how in, in yoga, we talk about how 
Um, you're breathing in the movement. You're not breathing in the post. So I teach specifically, I teach vinyasa yoga, which is a flowing movement based yoga, as opposed to a, um, static, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, release yoga, which are, these are all valid and beautiful forms of yoga. This is just happens to be the one that I, I mm-hmm. specialize in. Um, and in vinyasa, vinyasa yoga, we specialize specifically in movement and breath together. And, uh, what this does is it, it, it helps you kind of laser focus down. So if you, you, if you're like me and you have like this gigantic monkey mind thing happening, you've got like your grocery list over here and your task list for your business over here and the blog things back here and the podcast things up here. And, you know, and also I've got to pick up groceries before I go pick up the kids and I've got to do all this other stuff. It could be a whirlwind in your brain. And, um, which creates a lot of anxiety and it can create stress and tension and, uh, it shows up physically in the body too, but we'll get into that at a different time. But whenever you, um, just bring that focus into the breath and you're thinking to yourself, as I inhale, I lift my arms up there, everything else immediately starts to fall away. And you are in the present moment. As I inhale, I bring my arms up overhead. I mean, just thinking about that, you didn't think about anything else, did you? Uh Right. So uh, if you do 15 minutes of that, if you do five minutes of that, then the unimportant things, the things that you don't have to deal with right this second, they go to the background or they become a little more quiet so that the things that are most important, like breathing and moving your body, come to the forefront. But even when you're finished you stay in that flow state of mind. Your, your, uh, your mindset is still focused on, I'm only going to do this one thing right now. And so whenever you decide to come to your desk and write your blog, your, your mind stays in that flow state so that you can just focus on that blog without all the other things monkeying around in, in your brain while you're trying to write. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it sounds to me like yoga would also be something good for people with anxiety. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, a lot of the women that I work with, we, we including myself, all have, have anxiety that, that shows up physically and emotionally and, and mentally. So uh, yoga is such a great way to, to bring that kind of calmness down, bring, it, you know, bring yourself down into a calm state so that you can um, act instead of react. Mm-hmm. And I would think that even when you're out in a public place and you can't do full-on yoga, there's still a lot of skills that you learn through yoga that you could do standing in the checkout line or wherever you know it, it behind the car wheel of your car, wherever it is that you mm-hmm. start to feel anxious. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, again, bringing that, bringing your focus to your breath, just worrying about worrying about just focusing on inhaling or and or exhaling just thinking about that whole now I'm breathing in now I'm breathing out that's that's just it's so it it helps you so much if you can just turn that focus inward just breathing in just breathing out or as we practice yoga sometimes we'll use a mantra or a phrase that will will connect that that 
movement of that breath too. I like to always start people with easy inhale, relaxed exhale. Even if you're moving through your day, even if you're walking or you're hustling or something like that, you can just say, I'm breathing in easy. I'm breathing out relaxed. And just let that be what rotates through your brain. I'm breathing in easy. I'm breathing out relaxed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if you're in a stressful situation, that will help calm you down and help you kind of see what the situation is. One thing I like about all of this is I mentioned to you before we started recording that I like your background in theater, or I thought that was interesting because I have a lot of people in my circle who are theater moms and dance moms. And my daughter is finishing up her last year of her BFA in acting. And so I'm around a lot of these parents and kids who get so wound up and so stressed out. And I understand that anxiety is actually fairly common in performers, which always shocks people when they, when they learn that. But again, all of these things sound like skills. Did you ever have... Um, performance anxiety right before you had to go out on the stage or before you had to perform? Absolutely. I had, I used to, I, I had a really hard time with auditions. So uh, I like to call it um, audition stage, fright. It was uh-huh. just, just an auditions. If I was on stage and there was a full audience, I had no problem because there was no individuals. It was just a group. And, and the lights were coming down on me. And so they were kind of like shadows. And it was so easy to just kind of like let them fade out. But when you are on a lit stage, on a stage that's not specially lit, and there's an odd in the audience is fully lit, and there's four people, and they all have clipboards, and they're, they're and they look at you for a second, they're like, go ahead. And then they look away, and they just start writing. That used to send me through the roof. I would sweat. I would like my, my throat would I can, I'm thinking about it now and I can feel the physical, (laughs) the physical things like my shoulders would come way up and my throat would get real tight and that would make it really hard to perform. Right. So, and so even, uh, even at, so when I was in my dance company, it was before I went back to complete my degree. So, uh, in the dance company is when I learned, uh, that very simple sun salutation and we connected it a lot with breath. And so breath was a huge deal. And so I didn't know a lot of yoga poses. I didn't know a lot of um, like yoga dogma or philosophy, but I understood that deep breaths will calm you down. And so that was one of the first things that I started um, adding to my, uh, like my pre, my pre-audition ritual or my pre-performance mm-hmm. ritual would be as before I went out on stage, I would stand in the wings and I would just close my eyes and I would just really like as like scream in my head, inhale, exhale (laughs) over and over and over again. Like I know my lines. I don't have to run my lines. I know my lines. I know where I'm supposed to be. I know what my body is supposed to do. I know all of that stuff. I have to remember to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) And that, because that's where the anxiety happens. Like it's like, you start to think, am I get, do I know my lines? Do I know where I'm going to be? What if I forget? What if I clam up? What if I, what if I choke? What if something happens? All of that is what's going through your mind when you're anxious, especially if you're a performer. There's all of these little tiny things that can go wrong 
that, that you have experience in rehearsal. <laughs> so you already can imagine it that, that, that becomes so important to you that are what ifs. And, and whenever you remember to breathe, whenever you, you, you pull yourself back to that present moment, whenever you, you realize that you are standing backstage and nothing has happened yet. And you know, you know, your lines, you know, you know where you're supposed to be. You know how you're supposed to deliver this performance. You remember all of that. Then the, the anxiety of what might happen starts to fade a little bit, which is nice. Anyway, I also think it's awesome when you talk about, can think about all the different ways that fitness carries over into our lives. So, you know, how you could apply it in a theater situation or, you know, as a business person, right before you have to go maybe give a presentation or speak. Mm-hmm. What are some other ways that yoga can help us maybe in our work lives? Why is it beneficial for people? I, this is one of my favorite subjects. This is what I, what I am all about. So um, introducing yoga to, to people who, who want to bring it into their business or into their work lives. And so uh, the main thing, again, is that mindfulness, that awareness and acceptance of where you are right in this moment. So that's like the number one thing. And what that having that, so, so starting just with that awareness and acceptance, that gives you more focus so that whenever you have a project in front of you, whether it's, you know, your boss needs you to get, you know, 50 people called by noon, or whether it's that you need to write this blog post, or, you know, you need to do this guest article, or you need to go live on Facebook, or whatever it is that you need to do. Whenever you have awareness and focus, awareness and acceptance, excuse me, you can focus fully on that one task, getting it done. It also gives you adaptability and resilience. So whenever things change unexpectedly, you can pivot and, uh, and move into those changes with less stress. And also you can take those pivots and those changes with uh, less personally and less and, and with more resilience. So it doesn't stress you out. So, um, what I mean by that is that whenever, uh, again, like maybe if you own your own business and you suddenly jump from four clients, you suddenly have like 50 people calling you, asking you to work with you. You have to be able to adapt to that. Maybe this means you need, uh, more office hours. Maybe that means you need to start a group program. Maybe that means that you need to hire somebody to help you out. And so being able to adapt to the new situation, these more people, um, is something that you learn in yoga because, because you become more flexible physically, it, uh, it lends itself to being more flexible mentally and emotionally. And then the resilience thing is part of that. Yeah. So, so what do you say then to somebody who, whose stress is ramping up at work? They're getting busy and busy and more clients and more work is piling on. And we know the benefits and, and how this will help them. But what do you say to somebody who their perception is, I don't have time? How do you, what, how do you convince them to make the time? Or how do you convince them that it's worth making the time? Um, for yoga or for, yeah. Yeah, for okay. yoga. oh yeah. Um, I ask them to prioritize. And, and what I mean, what I mean by that is the first thing I, I, I like to, to get a little in their face and say, you know, well, how often do you just scroll through your phone? If you scroll through your phone 
10 minutes a day, then you have 10 minutes you can practice yoga. And you, you don't necessarily have to get in your car and drive 15 minutes to a studio, do an hour and a half class, and then drive 15 minutes home. You can go, just go to you. Now, I mean, the world has, has changed so much. You just go to YouTube, pick a video. You can pick, you can type in total beginner 10 minute yoga and a thousand videos will pop up. And if you don't know where to start from there, then ask for help. Ask someone like me. I'm an online yoga coach. I'm more than happy to, to point people in the direction of um, how to get these things started for themselves. Um, whenever, you're re- whenever you're really ready to get on the mat, all you have to do is just roll out your mat <laughs> right. and then just get on it. I mean, it's one of those things of whether you decide you want to do it with a, a YouTube video or if you just want to lay on your mat and breathe, that's still doing yoga. If all you're doing is breathing and feeling how your body feels when you're breathing, that's doing yoga and you can do that in one minute. And so I always like to tell people there's always time. Yes. We seem, we tend to overcomplicate things sometimes. And your workout doesn't have to be a long hour or even 30 minutes. I am doing this thing right now where I'm trying to convince people, I'm calling it take two, convincing them to take two minutes at the top of every hour to do some sort of movement. And if you would just take two minutes an hour to do something on your mat or to do some squats or walk around the office or whatever, it would have such big, have such a big impact, I think, on people's lives and how things work in their office too, just their relationships, mm-hmm. which was another question I was going to ask you. I saw, I think you have a podcast that was that talked about how yoga can help your relationships. Yes. Oh, how yes. does yoga so help your, your relationship? Yoga helps you uh, work relationships specifically about being, uh, it, it helps you become a better coworker, uh, a better client to others and it helps you deal with your clients better. And the way that it does that, again, it comes into this whole idea of um, resilience and adaptability. So whenever you realize, whenever you, you start practicing yoga, again, you, you develop this awareness and this acceptance of where you are in the world, in the universe, in your workplace, in your business, and acceptance of that and all of the, the, the peripheral things around there. What I mean is, so for example, maybe you work in a busy office space, like with cubicles and things. I'm just painting a picture here, painting mm-hmm. with cubicles, and you have, you know, the the mid-management people who are who are being hounded by upper management. And so in return, they kind of like, you know, micromanage you. And maybe you have a coworker who is uh way too personal. They tell you too much about their personal life and they're always up in your face about stuff and inviting you out to drinks. And there's a lot of stuff happening, but when you practice yoga, you recognize that these are not really your problems that your coworker who is, is, who is overshares and who is always asking you, maybe they're lonely and you recognize that as loneliness as opposed to uh, invasiveness and then you can, you can make choices that help you deal with that in, in a better way for yourself and for them. So maybe you're a little gentler when, you're, when you tell them that, no, you don't want to go have drinks. 
Or maybe you, <laughs> you instead of telling them to shut up and go away whenever they're telling you about their, their day, you just listen politely and then, you know, thank them for sharing and then you walk away, you know, that kind of thing. Whenever you recognize that, that your manager is just trying to get their own actions accomplished, they're trying to, they're trying to uh, complete the tasks that were given to them by upper management, then you can recognize that and kind of uh, release them from the, the, that feeling of that they're, they're bugging you too much, that they're, they're micromanaging you, all of that stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that those are all really solid ways that just Mm -hmm. starting a yoga practice can affect somebody in a positive way outside of what they're doing in that time that they're spending on their yoga mat. Now I wanted to circle back to something else that you said when you were talking about, all you have to do is roll out a yoga mat. You can do it for (laughs) a minute. Uh, You could do it first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I had a really good question about that. Or, and I or last thing at night or, or at lunch well, or. Yeah. So I was thinking about morning routines. What, and, and a lot of people, that's the first thing they do in the morning is they just roll out of bed. And that's the very first thing that they do. How is that helpful? Or how does that help somebody start their day? If that's the very first thing they do? Well, it's kind of like whenever you, you, choose a healthy breakfast over no breakfast or, or a crappy breakfast, if you pardon my French, mm-hmm. um, it, it kind of sets the tone of the day. So if you get out of bed and go immediately to your yoga mat, you're immediately setting that intention to be mindful and focused. And not only have you set the intention, so when you set the intention, that's a mental decision that happens. So you create neural pathways for the day that, that, that keep you focused and intentional in, intentional, but also when you get on your yoga mat, the first thing in the day, you embody that intention. So not only is it in your brain cells, but it's in your body cells too. So that whole, um, this whole concept of your, your body is a thinking, a thinking organ. Like they're starting to discover like, you know, the fascia, the, the layer just underneath your skin helps to transmit thoughts and, and awareness and patterns, um, throughout your body. So, um, whenever you get your body moving in an intentional way, it sets the whole day to continue moving in an intentional way, moving to your desk, maybe sitting with better posture so that you have less pain in your back, which also means that you can finish that project with less distractions because you don't have to, um, you, it's good for you to get up and move around, but you do it because it's good for you, not because you have to. Does that make sense? It does. And so, and so, and so it, or whatever it is that you have, if you, if you, uh, if you move because if you move your body the first thing in the day, maybe it helps you to become more aware of things. You don't run into your desk as often. Maybe you don't bump your knees as often. Maybe you, uh, when you, when you reach down to pick up your keys, you do it in a more ergonomic, uh, appropriate aligned way so that you don't throw your back out so that it doesn't, um, mess up your whole day or set you up for, for disaster. (laughs) It kind of just buffer. It's kind of a buffer against, um, the things that we do mindlessly. You instead start your day mindfully so that you continue throughout your day that way. But that's not to say that you can't 
you know, if you, if you don't start your day that way, that you can't get into that state later, like maybe during your, your 1030 break, or maybe at lunch, or maybe at three o'clock, or maybe when you get off work, but you're, you know, maybe you get off work and you go home and you do yoga to help release work so that you can be fully present with your family during dinner time and during um, family time. So it, it, there's no rule that says you have to do yoga in the morning. It's just that that's a really great way to start your day. So the whole day works out for you. And I think that's really a good point too, about maybe doing that as a break right before you leave the office and come home to your family so that you have less stress and you've had some time to kind of center yourself. So you're setting the tone for a positive environment once you get home for the day too. Absolutely. Another really great tip. Another thing that I like about yoga is that I think it is really great for people who experience a lot of pain. And it Mm -hmm. seems like a lot of times people who are in pain don't want to exercise. And it maybe sounds counterintuitive because, oh no, I'm in so much pain. I'm just going to, that's just going to make me feel worse. A story that I've told probably way too many times at this point on my podcast is that I had breast cancer three years ago and went through chemo. And you know, that couple of days right after your chemo treatment just knocks you on your butt. And I don't know anybody who has ever said otherwise. And so for me, I would get to the point where some days my feet and ankles hurt so bad that I had a hard time just getting off the couch to walk across the room to get myself something to drink. Mm -hmm. And so I had, I think it was an eight minute yoga video that I did. And I would do that during those timeframes a couple of times a day just to be able to walk. But it Mm -hmm. always, always, always was something I was like, oh, this made me feel so much better. And then strangely on my good days, I, I was still training for a half marathon. And so on my good days, I was still able to run. But on those really bad days, it helped me with the pain. So right. can you talk a little bit about how yoga helps with pain management? Absolutely. I, it, it obviously, it helps to build, it helps to build muscle and it helps to increase flexibility. It helps to release joints uh, so that they can move with better range of motion. All of, you know, all of that stuff, it helps with cellular, cellular regeneration so that your, your body heals more quickly from an injury, that kind of stuff. But I think that one of the keys that I want to, I want to touch on here is being aware of the kind of yoga you choose to do. And so a lot of times when people are in pain and they start to look for yoga, Mm -hmm. what will pop up at the top are these yoga models who are, you know, um, busting out hour and a half long, like power yoga. And they're like bringing their feet up behind their heads and stuff like that, which is all amazing. And it's wonderful. And, and there's nothing wrong with it, but whenever you are maybe, uh, in a lot of pain, maybe you're recovering from surgery or maybe, um, you've never moved your body much and you, and you want to get started, that can be so intimidating. And so I feel like it's really important to find, to find the yoga that works for you. And so even if that means, um, you need to do chair yoga to help support you, even if that means, uh, what you do right now is restorative. Um, that's all such great stuff. And it's, uh, and it focuses more on healing and less on, 
power or, you know, creating strength and flexibility, which again is, is important and it's great to transition through. I have clients that we start in um, very restorative yin poses and then we work ourselves through, you know, what, uh, however long it takes for them. Sometimes it's six weeks, sometimes it's six months. It all depends on the person. They, they generally then start to work into a more vibrant, um, uh, cleansing, you know, uh, exhilarating kind of practice. So they go from the restful, releasing, healing practice into the building and, and, and strengthening practice. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that that is perfect too. A really great point to make is that there's all different kinds of yoga, yogurt, yoga. There's lots of different (laughs) kinds of yoga and you have to choose what is right for your body and what your body needs now. And some days you're going to be able to do more than other days. And so, I mean, that's part of the philosophy of yoga too, right? Is just to accept where you are in that moment. Right. And recognize that moment. Maybe, you know, even if you, you do take a yoga class and maybe they are doing some really intense yoga flows and you want to, you want to be able to do them too. There is, we have to kind of set time. Sometimes we make jokes about, you know, setting the ego aside, like letting the ego stay off the mat and you, and it's just you on the mat. And so maybe the, the person next to you is doing these hop backs or they're doing like headstands or something crazy and, or really, really fun or advanced or whatever. And you want to do that, but maybe you're not there yet. So instead of pushing yourself beyond your limit to try it, being aware of the fact that you are working towards it, Mm-hmm. And that one, one day you'll be there, but maybe that's not today being aware of where you are in your own yoga journey and accepting that exactly where it is and being okay with the idea of while those people are doing that thing, I'm going to do my version that's safe for me and my body. So we have covered a lot of yoga topics here. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I haven't asked yet? No, I think we've, we've pretty much, we've talked a lot about, okay, let me think about here. Do, 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 do. Okay. One thing, one thing I, I do want to bring up that I didn't get a chance to is the fact that yoga also builds your consistency, your ability to, to be more consistent. So that's what they call it a yoga practice. So this idea is that you, you practice yoga. Um, maybe it's once a week, maybe it's every day, maybe it's anything in between, but as you practice it, you get better at practicing. And, it, mm-hmm. and again, this goes, this, this starts to leak off of your yoga mat into your daily life. So yoga becomes more like brushing your teeth and less like trying something new. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, then, and, then, and then that whole idea bleeds into or leaks into your daily life. So again, if you own your own business, that's the the people that I work with a lot are are business owners. So if you own your own business and you uh, struggle with marketing or being consistent in releasing content online, the more you practice yoga, the more that practice will leak into your ability to release content. You'll just notice that it just becomes easier to do it more consistently. So yoga builds that discipline, that, that, that discipline of consistency, um, just over time. Yeah. I like that. Do you think that some of that is because 
you're you're just giving your brain a chance to kind of shut down and quit thinking about all the noise that we're surrounded with. And so just that this is one of the reasons I like suggesting that people take breaks at work to move is because you get to a point where you're working and working and working and then your brain just shuts down and the ideas won't flow or problems get hard to solve and you need that just time away so that you can be refreshed. Is that what you're talking about or is it even more than that? Just it's, it's, it's yes. And that's a, that's a theater (laughs) thing. Yes. Yes, And, uh, uh, so it, it, it does help the brain monofocus. And that's kind of what I, I also teach my clients to, to do like something like the Pomodoro technique where you, you focus on one thing for X amount of time and then you get up and walk away, do some yoga and then come back and either finish that project or start a new one or whatever it is. But you, but you take breaks um, often and get up and move your body two minutes, five minutes, whatever. And it helps you focus more clearly but beyond that, um, yoga helps with this whole idea of discipline. So it's a lot of times what, what, what trips us up when we want to create a new habit, whether that habit is yoga or running or eating well or creating content for your online business or wearing nice clothes to work or showing up on time to meetings Whatever habit it is that you want to create, you have to build the discipline. And part of what what trips us up with these new habits is, do I want to do this today? Do I not want to do this today? Uh, How important is this new habit for me right now? How important is it? And yoga teaches you to like let all that go. It's not about whether you want to do it or don't want to do it. You just do it. Yep. So this kind of goes... This kind of goes back to the same reason why I think that runners and triathletes make excellent employees. And if I had a company and I was hiring people, maybe I would add people who practice yoga now into that list. I would put all those kinds of people in my company because they are people who understand that they have to be consistent and that that consistency, like you said, builds the discipline and Mm -hmm. you show up every day and you can follow through on goals. And I mean, there's just so many traits that, that people want in a good employee that you build through participation in some of these types of activities that we're talking about. So yeah, that's why I kind of yeah, wanted absolutely. to get your take on, on that too. So yeah. you have a free download, I think. Yes, it's, it's a little PDF guide, the seven, seven poses that every business owner should do right now. I think that's what it's called, um, but it's, it's, it's really easy. It's just seven poses and it only takes maybe depending on how long you breathe. And this is one of those that you, you do a pose and you breathe into it and then you go to the next pose, you breathe into it and then maybe you do left and then right or right and then left and then that kind of thing. But it's really, really simple with all the instructions in it. And, uh, it's really simple. You can print it out and have it next to your desk or next to your yoga mat. And it's something you can do every morning, or if you want to take a break in the middle of the day, it's something that you can do, you know, uh, to kind of break up your day. You can do it at the end of the day to relax you. And again, to, to, to try to turn off the, the work brain and turn on the family brain or the, the party brain or whatever it is, wherever it is you're going next, that way you can leave work behind and, and 
and not let the stress of work follow you into, into the next part of your day. Okay. Well, I will put that link in the show notes so that they can find it easily. Where can people connect with you online if they want to learn more about what you do? Sure. I have a Facebook group called Your Yoga Life and it's free. It's a free community. Um, You can just join and we do yoga together once a week. Um, And Every single day we have a theme that kind of talks about a little bit more about bringing yoga off of the mat and into your life. So we talk about what purpose is. We talk about this whole idea of letting go of uh, wanting or not wanting, whether I want to do it, whether I don't want to do it, all of that stuff. These are all topics we hit on uh, each and every day in, in our group. And so it's a lot of fun. It's for women. And so that way it's a, it feels really safe. You can talk about how you feel about your body and, and, there's people there who understand we all, we all have gone through all of it. So um, yeah, it's just a really great place. I love being there. Great. Well, I will have you send me all the links and we'll put those in the show notes also, but I want to thank you so much for taking time to come talk to everybody and share all your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. This has been delightful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign Power of Run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.